It's important to make software usable for all users, and that includes users with physical or mental limitations. Accessibility is about removing barriers so that software can be used by everyone. Welcome to Copec Explained Software, the podcast where we make computing intelligible. This week, we're talking about a very important area, accessibility. Rebecca, how would you define accessibility? When we're thinking about accessibility, what's really important is to think about the word access. It's about providing access to software, to the web, to whatever it is that you're using. And that's actually true both for something that you're interfacing with through a computer or just in general, like on a playground. How can we design our world that will allow the most access for the most people? So it's something that can be applied to almost all areas of design, but we're specifically today going to concentrate on software design, of course, because we're a software podcast. But let's talk generally again. Why does accessibility matter? So accessibility is really important because it's about making sure that there aren't barriers to that access. And that's both for folks with physical challenges, like maybe someone who has a a disability that doesn't allow them to use their hands or a visual impairment or hard of hearing, a processing or learning challenge that makes it hard for them to process information. And what's really cool about software is it's actually can be a combination of both the hardware and the software that's being used. Right. And people use software for basically everything they do today. Software is embedded in everything we do. So we need all aspects of society to be accessible to all people, which is why software accessibility plays such a critical role in the realm of accessibility. But let's talk a little bit about this law, the Americans with Disabilities Act. Can you tell us a little bit about it? Sure. So this was a really important piece of legislation that was passed in 1990. And what it does is it prohibits the discrimination against individuals with disabilities in all areas. So that's jobs, schools, transportation. What's also really important about it is that it's public and private. So it's something that governs both the public universities or public uh, utilities, as well as private companies and organizations. So if you're a private company and you're making something as a contractor, perhaps for a government agency, or you're making something that falls within one of the realms that ADA regulates, then you may have to follow it. And there are equivalent laws in other countries as well. We're being a little bit US centric, but a lot of other countries have similar laws to the ADA. Yeah. And with the, you know, ever expanding way that we use particularly the web and software, ADA is also being applied to the services that are offered through the internet. So an example might be that you can shop online now and that that when you're shopping online, the ADA would govern both a brick and mortar store that you were going to go to, but also the website of that store needs to also be accessible to folks. Okay, let's get into some of the different ways that software can be made more accessible. One of the most important ways that software can be made more accessible is actually just through good design, following design conventions so that the applications themselves are intuitive and work as expected, so that the colors you're picking aren't 
very similar to one another. There's a whole realm of this that is really kind of about common sense. If you follow good design principles, your software will be better designed not only for those with limitations, but for all of your users. And, you know, there are certain conventions on each platform that are known as human interface guidelines. For example, both Apple and Google publish human interface guidelines for iOS and Android, respectively. As developer, it's important to be in touch with these guidelines and be following them when you make your application. Why? It means that your application is going to behave in certain ways that are expected by the user. The user gets used to the certain conventions that are applicable on their platform. They expect buttons and other widgets to work a certain way. They expect them to appear in certain ways. And if your application follows those guidelines, then your application is automatically going to be easier to use for the, both those with limitations and those without limitations because they're used to the way that it works before they even open your app. And then there are some other services that can be built into software that can make it more accessible. So things like text-to-speech or speech-to-text, using voiceovers, closed captioning, being able to connect to hearing aids through Bluetooth or other means, using colorblind safe colors or having a high contrast option are all really specific things that allow or increase accessibility for users. And modern operating systems have programming frameworks to help developers enable these kind of accessibility features. Oftentimes, it doesn't require a ton of effort on the developer's part, but it does require the developer to at least be accessibility aware. Let me give you an example. And this one's an easy one that basically everyone who's ever done HTML is probably familiar with. If you're programming a website today, and I use the word programming loosely because maybe you're just writing HTML, you have image tags anywhere that you want to have an image. Well, image tags can have an alt attribute, and the alt attribute is for putting a text description of what's in the image. Now, the reason this was originally created was actually so that as images were slow to load or if they didn't load successfully, web browsers could show a little bit of text that would say what was supposed to be where that image is. Nowadays, we don't have a lot of trouble with images loading on web pages, but screen readers can use that alt attribute to tell the user who's using a screen reader what's in that image. And this is so easy to do. If you're setting up your image in your HTML, you just have to type a little description in the alt attribute. And now you've made that image accessible to a much wider variety of users. Plus, if the image doesn't load, you've also done something good for users who don't have vision problems. So you've killed two birds with one stone and you've made your app more accessible and it's so easy to do. There are similar processes in place for screen reading on iOS and Android. There are particular attributes you can set on widgets that have a textual description that goes with the widgets that allows screen readers to automatically pick them up. The reason I brought this specific example up is just because it's so easy for developers to do. It's trivial to go and add these attributes to your widgets or your images. A lot of accessibility is like that. It requires a little bit of forethought, but if you put that little bit of forethought in, the framework that's already in place from the operating system vendor or the web browser will take you the rest of the way. So it's important to be accessibility aware. As a user of many different types of software, you're probably already seeing accessibility features that might be impacting the way that you utilize an app that you like 
or interact with it. Like, for example, there's built-in closed captioning now in Instagram and Reels, um, so you don't have to have the sound on and you can see what's being said. Or you might notice more and more folks putting descriptions to their photos to describe what's in the image. So some of that is absolutely software that's being built into Instagram or built into other social media sites. And some of it is also just becoming convention and good communication skills on our parts as users. I think closed captioning is a great example of something that's not trivial. We didn't get really great automatic closed captioning until machine learning had advanced to a point where it could be fast and efficient for the huge amounts of video that are out there on sites like YouTube. So some accessibility features have been easy for developers and companies to implement, and some have taken time and a lot of investment. And I think we have to appreciate that some of the largest tech giants, companies like Apple, Microsoft, and Google, have really invested a lot in this area. And with that in mind, I know we want to talk a bit about how they've built these features into their operating systems. Absolutely. They've really made these features easy for a user to implement. Um, So for example, on your iPhone, it's very easy. You go to accessibility and settings and you have a lot of different options that you can do. Um, you You can change the size of text to make it larger. That's a feature called dynamic text on iOS. And actually as a software developer, you with each widget specify that it supports dynamic text and then your widget will automatically resize. So again, that's the operating system working in symbiosis with the programmer and it doesn't take a lot of effort on the programmer's part. Then there are pieces that are more physical. There are different settings with a touch screen to make it easier for a user to to get the actions they want to happen. And then there are ones that are really based around hearing. So connecting to a hearing device, using sound recognition, adding subtitles and captioning. Guided access is one that can be really useful for folks where it's the phone or the computer literally walking you through what you're going to see, what is on the screen that you're interacting with. And, you know, accessibility is not just the right thing to do. It also can be a good business decision. Think about it. By making your app more accessible, you're actually creating more potential customers for your app. Users who wouldn't even consider using it if it didn't have these accessibility features because they couldn't use it. I think the other really important piece is that accessibility features don't just serve those with disabilities or with challenges. They're the kinds of settings that make could be preferences there for us. or So what serves someone maybe with a goal originally was to serve someone with some kind of impairment really is going to meet a whole lot of different needs and just continue to open up your software to more users. And you sometimes might be surprised with who you're reaching. I have a personal anecdote. You know, my dad was a bit colorblind and I'm a bit colorblind too. I particularly can't see yellows and greens close that are close together, I can't tell them apart from one another. And a lot of games use yellow and green to designate different colors. But a lot of modern games, including some that I play, because um, I play kind of strategy like board games, actually have settings in their apps to go into a colorblind mode that may, changes the colors to use a more, higher contrast scheme. And that's really helped me. And I probably wouldn't keep playing those games if they didn't have that because being able to differentiate the different colors 
really has a big impact on your ability to play the game. So you never know who you might be reaching. I'm not somebody who thinks about myself as having any kind of accessibility issues, yet there was something that really changed my usage of an app. So to recap a little bit, a lot of accessible design is actually just good design, following conventions, following best practices that make your apps better for all users. But there are also specific accessibility frameworks that are built into iOS, Android, Windows, Mac OS that developers can tap into. And generally, they don't actually require that much effort. It's more for developers about being accessibility aware and just knowing how to make these little tweaks to take advantage of these features than it is about having to do a ton of work on their part. And accessibility touches all kinds of different areas, from those who are hearing and vision impaired to those who have physical and mental disabilities. And accessibility is both good business, and it also is sometimes even required by law. Absolutely. I think you did a great job summing it up. I would just add that it's always good to be removing barriers and increasing access to the things that we're creating. Okay, thanks for listening to us this week. Rebecca, how can people get in touch with us on Twitter? We're at Copec Explains, K-O-P-E-C-E-X-P-L-A-I-N-S. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you in two weeks. Bye.